Welcome to the Build with Brabeck podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Brabeck. Hello, welcome back to the Build with Brayback podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Um, and like, I know I start every episode like this, but like the gratitude just runs so deep. Um, and you probably saw, but I created an Instagram account for the podcast at Build with Brayback podcast and then changed my personal one, just back to my name, Amanda Brabeck. Um, so I think there may be some new listeners hopping on board who have found the podcast via Instagram. I just realized my leggings are on inside out. I went to put my hands in the pocket. So we're going to have to do a little outfit change after recording this. Um, but if you're a new listener, Yes, I am always this scatterbrained, but welcome. I'm glad to have you here. And if you are an old listener, young in the soul, but you've been listening for a while, thanks for tuning back in. Definitely go give the Instagram a follow because that's where you're going to find more info about the podcast um, and more like fun related content. So I digress. Let's jump in. Highs and lows for the week. And I encourage you all to think about these as well because, I mean, you don't need to gratitude journal every single morning as me and Kara get into on this episode. But I feel like it's a good way, maybe like with you and your roommates at nighttime when you're hanging out, you guys can talk about your highs and lows. Or with your partner, a good way to like connect. We used to always do it. Um, my family was very big into us eating together at night, um, almost every single night. A little bit less once we got older and we're all doing, you know, sports and activities and everything every day. But we would go around the table and say our highs and lows. And it feels like a sweet nostalgic activity for me. So my high, I think that just like the energy – seems to be buzzing. I know that the pandemic is not over by any means, and I know that it is still really, really tough for so many people. So by me saying this, I am in no way, shape, or form pretending like that does not exist, and I acknowledge it. My sister is a nurse. Trust me, I get it. But, you know, I work for a small business at the handlebar, and um, it's been – as, you know, every small business, especially fitness industry is really tough, you know, over the last two years. And to see numbers really, really rising over the last week or so um, at every studio across the board just gives me such a renewed sense of hope and excitement um, as we move forward. So if you are in Boston, come hang with me at the handlebar. We'll have some fun. Okay. Uh, my low for the week, um, I have a few. One, 
This might be TMI, but like, is there such a thing on this podcast? No, there is not. Um, as you all know, or if you're a longtime listener, you know, I had been on hormonal birth control for like 15 years. So I got my um, IUD out a few months ago. It took about two months to get a period. And then my first cycle seemed pretty normal. And then it was like a really, really long stint without one. And then it finally came back. But anyways, I digress again. I forgot after five years of not having a period, I truly forgot the pain and agony that is taking a tampon out that is not ready to be taken out. If you have never experienced this, if you're the one male listener that I have, I'm sorry, but just know it is like the equivalent of nails on a chalkboard, but inside of your vagina, painfully. So that was fun. Um, And then like some of my lows are more so media commentary. So a couple things. One, Jamie Lynn Spears. She's on her press tour for her very ill-timed book. And, you know, she had this really big interview with Call Her Daddy, which, like, I understand why, you know, Alex Cooper would want that clickbait of having Jamie Lynn on, but also, like, morally feels like, do we need to be uplifting those voices? And, you know, I have no skin in this game, except for the fact that I love Britney so much. And what was done to her goes so far beyond like the media bullying someone um like her rights were stripped from her for so many years and yes she's a celebrity she has a lot of money so you know that is why she was taken advantage of but I think it does put into perspective some of the very, very antiquated systems that are in place in our country and some of the issues with the justice system. Like, we already know that it's majorly flawed. But anyways, um, and, like, I don't think that Jamie is the worst of the worst. She clearly has her own trauma from just, like, the way that her family is. Her father, obviously, is, like, the fucking worst. Um... But what I don't understand, because I feel like I didn't watch the Color Daddy episode or, yeah, interview, but just, like, hearing bits and pieces about it, like, she's very much giving, woe is me, I must explain myself, I wasn't part of the conservatorship, it wasn't me, and, like, of course, there are so many worse players in that conservatorship. Her dad, the lawyers, like, all these people, the judges that just kept keeping her in it. But like, I think about my two sisters. And if anything like this on any scale were to happen, you bet your bottom dollar, I would be spending every dime, every minute of my day leading that legal charge to save them. I would go up against my parents. Sorry, mom and dad. I love you very much. But like, 
those are my girls. And the fact that she didn't seem to be involved at all and like who knows all the backstory and it's truly none of our business. But I feel like it had to be said. Also, Netflix cheer. Let's talk about that really quick because it obviously is a super popular show. Season two came out. So a lot of us are watching it and I love watching it. I was a cheerleader um, like growing up through high school and absolutely loved it. It was like the only sport that gave me confidence instead of taking it all away. <laughs> um, but I was really disappointed in Netflix production of it because there were some really dangerous things that they should have put disclaimers on. Like Gabby Butler is very influential. So many girls, especially little girls, like we can totally even skip over the young adults, the teenagers, which like it's detrimental to them too. And I don't mean like skip over them. But like when you think about the little, little girls that idolize this girl, that just hang on to every word. And they include her and her getting other teammates to do a three-day watermelon cleanse where she eats nothing but watermelon and they're still practicing. So you are like totally depriving your body and then also pushing it to the max. It just... I felt like it was super irresponsible of Netflix to not at least like show it to show like how messed up the sport still is in terms of weight pressures and looks and everything. But like add a disclaimer on the screen of like, please do not attempt this. This is super dangerous. If you have trouble with, you know, disordered eating, then you know, here are some resources, something as simple as that, because then it's like Morgan is talking about how she hasn't eaten in days because they have weigh-ins and she's nervous. And like, you definitely hear a lot of that. And I don't think it's bad to show it because it's honestly, I feel like good to know, not good to know, but like in terms of like being informed, good to know that the industry is still like that because I even remember in college, I wasn't on the cheer team, but um, it was the same thing. Like they had to get weigh-ins. The coach was like really, really awful to the cheerleaders about their looks, about their weight. And you would hope that in 2022, we would be moving away from that. So it's kind of sad to see that it's still there, but whatever. I'll hop off my soapbox. Those are my lows. Um, but I'm excited for this fun little segment that I'm going to do before we hop into the episode. So I posted this TikTok and like my TikToks get like 10 views, like at most like 300 views. Like, excuse me. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm old, but I think it's fun. It's a fun creative outlet. So I'll, I've been posting them more. And I posted this one. It was a trend that is all like times I've been humbled in the gym. And then you just like write down all these like embarrassing gym stories. And so 
I asked, I posted it on my Instagram after, and I asked people to submit um, their their own funny gym story. So I'll share mine on here in case you didn't see the Instagram. But so I had, I dropped a 45-pound plate directly on my foot in the quote-unquote guy section of the UNH gym. And so if you were at UNH, I was there 2010 to 2014. But if you were there, you know, around that time or before, I don't know how it is after that. But like, it was a very clear separation. First of all, this gym was tiny as fuck. There was like, I even remember doing a research project on this, like the square footage, like compared to how many students were there. And it was like 0.01 square foot per student like there it was just ridiculously small for the size of the school that it was they have since gotten a renovation unfair but happy for them but it was like the free weight section was only like guys guys and their cutoffs all the things and then on the other side were all the ellipticals and like weighted machines in the middle of the room were like it was a very clear separation of like girl section guy section and so I remember it like it was yesterday. It was early, early, early in the morning because I was a psycho then too, I guess. Um, and I like grabbed a plate and I was just so tired. I dropped it directly on my foot and it just rolled across the whole gym. And I'm sitting there. There are like five guys in the gym and that's it. And I'm just like like trying to hold in my pain because I just want to scream. And they are all just watching me like Hold it in and like be totally frozen as the plate just rolls across the entire gym. So that's one. And then I made my friend bring me to the hospital. I just was bruised. Like it was so dramatic. Um, my leggings split from butthole to vagina. I did not notice. We were literally on the floor at the end of class doing a core circuit in a circle. I'm doing flutter kicks, like big flutter kicks. And afterwards the trainer came up to me and was like hey Amanda and he was a guy and like we ended up becoming friends I ended up working there is that everybody fights um he was like I wasn't looking I promise I just like noticed skin where I shouldn't see skin so I just wanted to let you know and it was horrible and then like other random ones like playing <clears throat> super super just raunchy music thinking it was the edited version and it wasn't and like specifically Freak Leak by PD Pablo. The line, I can put it in your blank. I can put it in your blank. Anything can happen, you know? And that line blares across the stereo. I think that it's going to be edited. It's not. And I just catch eye contact with this like old woman and she probably quit the gym after that. So oops. Um, but I got some really, really good ones. So here we go. All right. So this apparently is a universal experience. I had a rip in my, in my leggings and I didn't know it was there until I did a squat. This one murdered me. So she says her husband used to swim um, laps at the YMCA and he was swimming laps and didn't realize that his triathlon, like tight, tight, tight swim shorts had ripped down the seam and his entire ass was out in front of this like family gym. And I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the track went 
like above the pool and around it. So people were like just staring down at his ass. Poor Jeff. Um, Broke my toe on the elliptical because I was too into jamming to Sorry Not Sorry by Demi. I get it. I understand it. Um, <laughs> um, one of my other instructor friends goes, oh, my God, I was clipping in a man's foot, which already makes me nervous. And it finally clipped in. And I say, the bigger the foot, the harder it is. And then just ignored my comment and started class. <laughs> um, Someone else goes. I did an entire class with my wife's underwear stuck to my shirt and didn't notice till the end. And one of my other friends said the same thing. She goes, I went through an entire class with a thong stuck to the outside of my leggings. Oh, my God. Another one. Um, people were watching my Zumba class. I tried to be smooth and I tripped doing a grapevine. Ate shit. I remember this one. I was there for this one and it was absurd. It's like not even embarrassing for her. It's embarrassing for whoever it was that was carrying this around because like just so funny, but also like get it, girl. Um, I found someone's vibrator on the floor mid-class and the instructor flung it across the gym. And I remember this vividly. We were at EBF, the financial district location. So if you know, you know, it's like super tall and super tall, super small and just like tighten it so when you're in the class you're like really surrounded by people and she found this like bright pink vibrator in the middle all right I think there's like one more um not a work one or not a gym one but a work one in a work meeting she said we're shooting blanks she meant we're not on target but obviously that is not what that means. Um, but I have one more for myself. And then we'll hop into this interview because I'm turning this episode into a very long episode. Sorry. Uh, break it up over a few days. Give yourself some content. Stretch it out. Um, when I was setting up for a class one day, I we kept the battle ropes, you know, the big ropes that you – I'm like doing the motion like you can see me. Um, we keep kept them under the ring. So I was trying to pull them out to bring them out for a class and it got stuck under the ring and I yanked it and the handles on those are metal because you're not just grabbing onto the rope and it came back and hit me so hard in the eye, like right on like the eye socket, like the bone. And I had the worst black eye to the point where there were like rumors floating around the gym that my boyfriend beat me up. So that part was not funny, but the initial part was very funny. Um, okay, I hope that you had a nice little giggle, a little chuckle. Um, and I'm pumped for you to hear this episode. I absolutely adore Kara. And the intro will speak for itself, so I won't say too, too much, but she runs an online fitness platform. So if any of those stories tell you anything, at-home workouts can be where it's at because if you're getting embarrassed, it's just in front of yourself or like your family or roommates or whatever. Um, but enjoy the conversation. Soak it up. She is such a joy and such a light, and I think we can all learn a lot just from her um, – perspective on fitness and movement and 
Uh, I'm excited for you all to hear it. So enjoy. Have an absolutely great week. I love you all. Peace and blessing. I am so thrilled to bring you this week's guest on the podcast. She is a fellow fitness instructor in Boston who is helping her clients fall in love with movement, any kind of movement that feels good to them, which is my favorite philosophy. She began her journey of movement with 18 years of classical ballet training, after which she made her mark on the Boston fitness scene with her popular Pilates classes across various studios, live events, and more. In the height of the pandemic, she created something beautiful, The Range. The Range is her very own movement platform, focusing on form and function to help clients become intuitive movers. When she's not helping others to move safely and with passion, you can find her hiking, taking her adorable pup on long walks around the South End, enjoying all the delicious food that Boston has to offer, or visiting her favorite state of Vermont. She's been featured in Boston Magazine, The Boston Globe, NBC10 Boston, NECN, Self, Pilates Style, as well as she's won Best of Boston and Class Pass Awards. Welcome to the podcast, Kara Duval. Thank you. Oh my gosh, what a intro. I'm <laughs> what <blushing>. a mouthful. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Your little Monday, like a bit of confidence. I know. Thank you. I really, I really needed that boost of confidence. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, you deserve it. You've done all those things. I mean, it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy to be on. I'm so excited to have you on because like I said, I mean, everything that you're doing is just like my jam, like fitness that doesn't have to be like working against your body and have any kind of like punishment or guilt, any of that. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Well, so let's talk about the range. Why don't we jump in there and maybe kind of give your background on starting it, the whole mission behind it, all of that. Well, I think that it's kind of important to note that like a lot of fitness instructors, we get started, um, you know, teaching in person, teaching at various studios across whatever city or state or town or whatever that you're in. Um, And you do hit that point where you begin to think to yourself, like, what's the longevity here? Where is my future actually going? And I had a few years ago kind of begun to think to myself that I felt like I had outgrown um, a lot of the scheduling demands of what the fitness industry um, kind of demands of its people. Um, And so when the pandemic hit, it was a little bit of this gift and this nudge to go off on my own that I had been feeling for a few years, but didn't have the confidence um, and didn't think that I had the tools to be able to to do it. And so range came about kind of as a very happy accident um, because of the pandemic. And I started off teaching on Instagram live on the very first morning of lockdown, which was March 14th of uh, 2020 here in Boston. And over 200 people joined that first class and it was just, okay. This is clearly something that, you know, people want. And I thought that it was just going to last for two or three weeks. And lo and behold, it ended up being seven months of four Instagram lives a week. And I very quickly realized that my teaching philosophy, my voice, meaning not like my actual voice, but the thing, the things that I was providing and the things that I had to say were 
were really um, appreciated and valued beyond just the city limits of Boston. And so when word like got out and it began to gain popularity, that's when I really realized that, okay, an online platform could be something that I could sustain. Um, and I obviously had time for it with the pandemic. And so started building it out. Um, as I was teaching on Instagram Live, I also had a GoPro recording my every move and mm-hmm. started working with a graphic designer and with my right-hand woman, Megan Kemp, who helped me with the design of my website and of range itself. Um, and then finally, I launched on October 1st of 2020. And um, now it's a global-based platform. So even though I live in Boston, I know really, I no longer really even consider myself a Boston based instructor anymore, which is so cool. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's so crazy. Like looking back on the pandemic and I feel like so many people were able to kind of just be like, what am I waiting for? Like, why, why haven't I done this already? So that's so amazing. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'd love to talk about kind of like the mission behind range. I know I mentioned it in the intro um, just because, I mean, unfortunately, so many studios and online platforms and stuff don't incorporate any of that kind of stuff behind their exercises and movement and marketing and all of it. Like, I think there's just still so much like lazy marketing in preying on people's insecurities Mm -hmm. and promising, you know, false promises of weight loss and all of that where, you know, it doesn't need to be the focus because that really turns so many people off to movement in general anyways, you know? Yeah. I, I think for, for, um, at least when it comes to range and, you know, I, I, you know, range and also my social media is purely just an extension of me it is me through and through not me trying to be an idyllic version of myself or something that i want people to see on you know a version of me on social media it really is me and so because it's me my emotions my personal experiences are woven in so deeply and so for me all of the jargon of weight loss and sculpting and all of these, you know, words, movements that can be quite triggering are something that I, I can't even say that I strive to not go in that direction because it just doesn't even come to my brain because it triggers me so much. Yeah. And so my whole mission with range is is helping people to human better. That's kind of my, my I, I, I've said it's on my website, sustainable movement designed for the long haul. So it's, it's form and function of the body. And as anybody that's taken my classes know that I'm hugely scientific. So it's all science backed, but then also incorporating our emotional selves um, and that those two really have to, our physical selves and our emotional selves really have to to run in parallel lines with each other in order for us to truly feel good and feel supported. That if something's running in perpendicular lines with each other, that if you're exercising so much, which yeah, might be good for your personal, for your physical body, but then the messaging behind it is so negative. Yeah, It's like, well, then you're just kind of like stuck with your feet in the mud. 
Um, so my whole messaging regarding range is to simply help you human better so that you can do the things in your life that you love with support and with increased ease rather than bashing your body down or moving backwards. Yeah. I love that. And I feel like even just that first little part that you said of like, you're exercising all the time, which might be good for your physical body, but it also like might stress not be, you know what I mean? Like, stress. I feel like there's this expectation that you should be like taking multiple classes a week and like doing, you know, a lot of like high intensity workouts and stuff like that. And like, if that is your jam, then that's great. But also like, probably shouldn't be doing that every single day. Like maybe yeah. also should be incorporating some functional yeah. movement. But um, yeah, I no, I just appreciate so, that mission. With For me personally, my messaging is actually more towards the average human. Yeah. There's, you know, if we look at a lot of, let's say like even just physical bodies, physiques that we see on the internet, it's people that are athletes, professional athletes, or they're working with multiple different, you know, dietitians or something like that. And they've worked their angles and it's this, this huge like competition with people that you've never even met and people that you will never meet. Yeah. (laughs) Which is just kind of ludicrous. And so I like to think that I, I cater to, obviously I work with a ton of athletes and there are a ton of athletes and really competitive types on range, but I wanted to create a space for the person that just considers themselves like, I want to move because I want to feel good in my body, not because I have a specific goal. Right. There's no like goal. Yeah. That's because I have personally never been a goal oriented person, which a lot of people are shocked by. Um, but I haven't been, yeah. um, I just, I want to feel good and I want to help other people feel good. And that's, that's it. It's that yeah. Simple. Which I love, like it should be that simple. It is. Yeah. You know? And I feel like it's really just like a mindset shift from kind of like what you were saying, like bashing your body and trying to, you know, mold it into something different or comparing yourself to these people in the media or, you know, maybe other people that you see in class or whatever. Right. When like you could find movement that fits into your life, doesn't like right. run your whole life. <laughs> right. And I think that that is a huge blessing of now having so much movement be, um, you know, in your home. Yeah. That you're no longer, it's taking out the temptation to compare yourself to a stranger and kind of opening up this opportunity to connect to yourself and yeah. to be really comfortable. And I think that, you know, a lot of people, there's kind of two sides that a lot of people struggle with working out at home. And I completely understand totally. that. It takes the, you know, the social component maybe out of it. Um, people feel like they don't push themselves, um, they have a hard time with motivation. But then there's the other half where people that didn't feel welcomed or included in certain classes for whatever reason, um, that now they feel like they have a safe place because they're at their home, Yeah. Um, that they can give it a shot without the risk of judgment. Right. Yeah. And the convenience of it too, of like, like you said, like the average person 
who like is busy and is juggling a million things and if they can set aside that i don't know exactly how long the classes are but you know a certain amount of minutes that they can just easily do in their living room or shut their bedroom door and like have their peace and alone time um and yeah i feel like myself i never was a home workout gal until the pandemic and like i do love the energy of being in person and like i still teach in person and everything but like almost all of my own workouts are in my guest bedroom door closed like lights down and it really has been exactly that like an amazing opportunity to like actually have my workouts be more of like meditative time and like just connecting into my body you know totally yeah which is such a change. <laughs> it is. It really is. I mean, if you think about it, I, you know, I used to teach at certain locations. I'll keep things anonymous, but you'd walk in and you could just feel that everybody's eyes were on each other, sizing yeah. each other up. It's just, yeah. And it's competitive. And it, it doesn't necessarily mean that's catty. Right. It's, that, it's kind of that natural, natural like, judgment. Yeah. Um, that I felt that so deeply, even as, to, and I'm making bunny ears you know, it's a podcast, yeah. you can't see me, but like I'm making bunny ears as the leader, as the teacher, I would walk in and feel instantly judged. And when I felt judged, then it made it hard for me to show up and be like, okay, now I have to be confident. Whereas totally. now in the living room, I've never felt more confident because it's your space. Couch. Yeah. Couch. <laughs> right. Right. My couch isn't judging me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And it's like, like you said, like not necessarily catty. It's like almost kind of been ingrained in us totally. for our whole lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, I feel like maybe it was an Instagram post or something, but you said one time um, about like the idea of feeling energized, not depleted after your workout, which I'd love for you to elaborate a little bit more on because I feel like that is such a mindset shift as well. Like people thinking that in order for it to count or for it to be like a good workout, you should be absolutely like, even I think, yeah, yes. The, oh, that workout killed me. Like, yeah, right. Sorry, excuse my French, but fuck that. I know. Not only is that scientifically ludicrous, One, that's the first way. If every single one of your workouts is leaving you feeling dead, how are you actually getting stronger if you're constantly feeling dead? Right. And a lot of people equate success within a workout by how much they're sweating. Mm -hmm. And again, this is me as a very science-backed instructor. I am also an observer. And this is when I was taking classes myself. I'd look around and I'd be like, nobody is connecting to their body. Mm -hmm. They're swinging in and out of motions, swinging things around, but not actually really knowing what's happening within their body. And not even that, not even caring. And so it felt like so much of that kind of dead sensation that you were chasing was 
from the ego, I guess. I don't I, I don't know what it is because now it's been a few years that since I've had that. So I'm kind of just like my brain has just kind of dismissed this whole idea. Yeah. But I think that one thing that I hope is that there's a time and a place for every sensation. And so I always say sensations in, yeah. in on range because I have two classes, arrow and precipice that are holy shit, you are, you are never not moving and you're moving quickly. They are agility and endurance-based classes. However, I always say within the class, and there's a reason why, you know, I do my Pilates-based class, The Origin on Monday, The Foundation on Wednesdays, which is like more of a mix of Pilates with strength training and functional movement. And then it's leading up into arrow or precipice at the tail end of the week. But if we're constantly in this state of being heightened and being stressed out, which is what high intensity workouts right. are doing, is like you're running out cortisol, stress, <laughs> then you're never able to feel grounded. Yeah. And especially within, you know, look at our generation. I'm a millennial. Um, look at our mental health of how many of us suffer from anxiety and depression. Yeah. What is up with our movement obsession with kind of, dare I say, feeding into that? Where I wish that, and I hope that everybody begins to kind of like slow down, look at the quality of their movement rather than how much they're doing and just settle into themselves a little bit more because you can find that something that is slower gooier leaves you feeling stronger and more energized than if you were to do an hour-long workout where you're pounding the pavement and then you walk out and you feel like you need to go back to bed right Movement should not make you feel like you need to go back to bed on an right. everyday basis. Right. Exercise should not make you feel like you need to. It should make you feel like you can go out and live your life. Right. A hundred percent. And I think so it totally. That was a long-winded answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> I like the long-winded answers. Um, yeah. No, I feel like it's exactly like what you were saying before, like kind of ego-based and um. It really is ego's that. It's not a bad thing. People are going to think of that word ego and they're going to like, oh, but like ego is not a bad thing. No, for sure not. Ego keeps us in check. <laughs> yeah. I think it's that because like even thinking about my personal journey, if you will, with exercise and movement, I look back onto like right before the pandemic and I know that I was like running off of my own judgments on myself, my fear of like mm -hmm. not getting clients if I didn't look a certain way and people mm -hmm. not wanting to come to my classes or not like respect me as an instructor if I didn't look a certain yeah. way. Yeah. And I remember days where I would teach like a double spin class in the morning, which is crazy. More than enough for like like yeah, that freaking right. Like you yeah. Sprinkle that across to a couple people. <laughs> right. And I remember on those days, 
I would teach at Everybody Fights, which like you didn't really have to do any of the exercises. You're like walking around the room and cueing, but it's not as like tough on the body. Right. And I would show up early so I could take a class because I didn't feel like it. W- I did enough. Yep, I've been there. And it totally is that, yeah, that you're moving from a place of just like more, 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 like chasing I mean, something. I don't want to, you know, it's a scary word to throw around, but the reality is, is that a lot of people suffer from movement addiction. Yeah. And you just need to be able to, it's like anything. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a muscle, take a muscle. A muscle needs to be able to lengthen in order for it to contract. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to relax in order to get stronger. Yeah. Like it, it, and that is something that me personally, not, not small business owner, not anything like me personally, Kara, that has been probably the proudest transition that I have had where I can be totally fine doing 20 minutes of movement and not batting an eyelash on that wasn't enough or taking two or three days off in a row and not batting an eyelash. Now, do I feel better emotionally and physically when I stick to a schedule of about, let's say four to five workouts a week? Absolutely. But that means that it's 20 minutes here and there. It's maybe a longer one another day. But then also, like, I know you have a dog. I have a four-month-old puppy. Like, Yeah, there are no real rest days because you're always. No, but I'm just, but the point of that is that like every, any time that you're going and you're running to CVS, that's movement. Great, that's amazing. Anytime you're going to the grocery store, great. That's movement. That's amazing. Yeah. That I think that we put so much value in this like time slot of exercise that we forget that anytime we're up and moving is good movement. Yeah. Well, I think it's exactly that too of labeling, you know, as we do that counts or it doesn't count. It's good or it's bad or, you know, it's enough or it's not. Yeah. And I definitely would say like during the pandemic, that's been my same proudest transition because I can't even begin to explain how much better I feel every single day. Like I look back at pictures and I'm like, were there, there's no life behind my eyes. Like it was pure cortisol and misery. (laughs) Like like the amount. (laughs) Yeah. The amount of like naps and like hard naps. Like you would wake up and have like sheet lines on your face and feel still totally depleted. Like you could sleep for days longer. Like, I'm sorry, that's not normal. And you should check it. I used to not be able to get through my days without taking like a three hour long nap. And I'm not exaggerating because I was I always taught my entire career. I taught five, six AMs a week. Yeah. Crazy. And so I'd, I'd get, I'd come home at like noon. Right. And just like shove food. Oh yeah. Down the gullet and just pass out. Yeah. Like it could, I couldn't even, you couldn't even ask me to do anything. I know. I 
was the same way for, I mean, which is kind of like, I feel like sort of like the dues that you pay if you want to like jump into full-time fitness hood, which is like problematic. Good point. You make a great point. You know, like I remember when I started, it was like, you just take all the classes that you can because you're afraid of not making enough money and you want the exposure Mm -hmm. and all you want to be, oh, I'm someone that steps up to the plate. So I feel like every morning I was teaching the early mornings at one studio would have like time in the afternoon to do nothing but shove food in in my face and pass out and then teach evening classes at another studio and just be constantly spinning my wheels. Yep. But I feel like it's very applicable also to people that are just, you know, it's just part of their exercise routine. It's not their full-time job. Not Not their job. It's exactly what you said. Like, it's okay. It's actually more beneficial to like build in that time to that like flexibility of like, you know what? I've had a crazy week of work and that is depleting my energy. And I'm going to rest more. Yeah. Right. Or maybe like I, I need some energy because I've been so stressed. So I'm going to do this like restorative class and like, yeah, I know it's a tricky, it's a tricky, it's a tricky place to be in, which is why, you know, back to a couple minutes ago, we were talking about um, messaging in the fitness industry. It is a total missed opportunity. Um, And I'm saying that from a marketing standpoint, a missed opportunity that more places aren't taking into consideration the emotional implications of movement. Mm -hmm. But then also just like screw the marketing. I don't know anything about marketing, but like screw the marketing for a second. And just as a, as a person, if you are teaching fitness, how are you not taking the words that you're saying? How are you not realizing how detrimental your words, your actions could be to somebody else. I mean, to me, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. But, but you made a really good point a couple minutes ago, about like, I think you said pay, paying your dues. And there, there is, um, all of these things have to be learned and that takes time. And so a lot of people that are brand new into the fitness industry, I think, think that it's like a sexy or cool or dare I say easy industry to break into, which ha mm, Right. <laughs> You're going to learn soon. <laughs> but that you're not going to get everything right. Each, like you're not going to say the right things. You're not going to yeah. have the best programming. You're not going to like whatever. All of these things are learned over time. Totally. And have a lot of grace with yourself of just being like, you have a big responsibility and how are you going to take care of people? But if you don't take the best care of people all the time, like also don't like, I think that now it's funny is that now there's like this change in narrative in the fitness industry that I do think is working a little bit more towards what we've been talking about. But now I think that there's pressure for people to like be perfect all the time and make sure that they're saying all the right things that they're doing all the right actions. And that's also not what we right expect from people either right um i don't know well i feel like it's also the same of just people in you know 
living their lives of you see all of these quick little like vlogs on Instagram or TikTok or whatever you're using of these very like how they call it the that girl or whatever. And it's like all of the perfectly curated to like the nth degree of like your perfect morning routine that now there's this pressure like so much pressure for a mindfulness routine that like it totally negates any benefits that you were going to have from doing those things. I had a client or I still, I shouldn't say I had, I have a current client who unfortunately was diagnosed with cancer during the pandemic. And Mm. she said to me, she was kept feeling like (laughs) everybody kept telling her to start a gratitude journal. And in our very first session, I was like, okay, what do do we like, what do we really need? Right. She was like, everybody keeps telling me to write in a gratitude journal. And I really don't want to write in a gratitude journal. And I was like, don't write in a gratitude journal. Your mornings do not have to start off with a matcha latte, a meditation and writing down in a journal. It's mine. Absolutely do not. It's so real because I feel like for a little bit, I was really trying to pressure myself into doing that like totally. really thinking that like that was gonna change it all you Get know to happiness. when it's like no bitch you're <laughs> like suffering from de- some depression and anxiety self-diagnosed probably i don't know but like just from like the world we've been living in for the past two years like ups and downs are normal and like i do enjoy journaling and i yeah. i like writing and all of that but i most no, i'm not of, bashing on journaling no I'm no no on feeling the, the you must pressure to do right it. <laughs> but i can totally see a difference now that like because not every single day looks exactly the same and some mornings i want to wake up and sit there with my cup of coffee and like do those things and other days it's like sometimes i do a quick little thing that I am that has it's on my mind right before I go to bed or like while I'm eating my lunch like right there are no rules to it no you can do whatever you want (laughs) like but social media makes you feel like there are a lot of rules oh I know it's like (laughs) really the toughest (laughs) pretty exhausting (laughs) right but I feel like that's also it's like even what you were saying of like giving yourself the time to slow down and unplug. And mm-hmm. I feel like since the pandemic, we're all home so much more and so yeah. much more tied to our devices. Totally. Which like there are benefits of it, but like, like with anything. You have to just be careful what, what you're consuming and you have yeah. to have a filter. And how much. Because social media is great. We all love social media, but like, take everything with a grain of salt i think yeah it can be great and it can be not like with everything and i think it's kind of like what you're saying before of like addiction to movement it's like anything else you need to assess your relationship with it you know same with drinking or anything like do you need to take a break for a little bit do you yeah absolutely crazy um actually that kind of reminds me of a post that you posted today um about like rewriting mondays which i love because i honestly was having the same thought today is i used to really be that person of you know 
Monday morning. You gotta get in this. Yeah, you gotta get a crazy workout. And I mean, to be fair, also the times of like really restricting. So it was like good on the weekdays and then like, yes, yes. sending it on the weekends. Yeah. But like the benefits that I feel to like having a slower Monday morning. And like taking the time to regroup, maybe doing like a lighter kind of workout or saving that for after work. Cause I'm like, man, I'm going to need something to like ground me down after and like yep. taking my dog for a walk in the morning or something. So I'd yep. love for you to kind of like expand on, you know, what that what post happened, said, the meaning, all that. What happened this morning was actually really like interesting and, and totally beautiful. So this is not this is incredibly ironic. So range, as I said, has really, um, has now become a global based platform. And mm -hmm. one of my favorite things to do, and what I do on social media is do I do a weekly Q and A. And I also check in with how people are feeling. And it's through that interaction that I create my themes. Yeah. Um, which if you're hearing this and you're like, what do you mean? I have a weekly theme on range every week and all of the classes for that week build on, build upon each other off of this theme. Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of prenatal and postpartum women. That is one of my specialties. I absolutely love, 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 love working with mothers. Um, and so this morning's class was a prenatal and postpartum um, focused class, but I always make sure even if you are not part of that demographic, you are in that demographic, you can benefit from this movement. So yeah. do not, don't you dare not show up because you see something prenatal. Um, Honestly, really amazing. Yeah, no, some of like, like I was doing all these stroller workouts for yeah. a lot of postnatal ladies yeah. during the pandemic. Um, and I feel yeah. like such an underrated thing because what is at the core of everything you're doing your core which exactly. is what they're focusing on strengthening and like those pared down movements totally most Still effective the layers of the onion yeah and fine yeah sorry so, continue on <laughs> no, no, no it was a great point i just um so this morning's class was was incredibly rejuvenating and supportive yeah ironically last night ben and i got no sleep because we didn't want to be in his crate and so ironically, even though I had already come up with the theme, ironically, when I woke up this morning, it was exactly what I needed as well. So my voice, my kind of like tenderness mm -hmm. was speaking from experience. And so class was very calm. I actually had rain playing on the Sonos in the background. Um, it was energizing, rejuvenating, but very grounded. Mm -hmm. and afterwards, on our live chat, one of our range members, Trista, was the one that said, I felt like this was flipping the script on Monday. Whereas it was not a push, go, you know, connect type of type of sequence. It was fluid and gooey um, and something that we might think to ourselves on like, a Saturday morning if you're sipping tea, but it was on a Monday morning. Mm -hmm. And then everybody on the chat started saying, me too, Krista, Trista, me too, Trista. Sorry, my sister's name is Krista. So like, <laughs> um, 
And that got me thinking that I hadn't really thought of that before because again, I have been kind of going through this transition myself personally over the past few years, but for somebody that's like newer to welcoming themselves into a more intuitive way of moving, it could have been kind of one of those experiences that made you think like, oh, wait, that wasn't the hardest thing I've done on a Monday, but that was probably the best thing that I ever could have done for myself on a Monday because I'm really stressed out about this meeting that I have. I, you know, I'm struggling with childcare. I'm overtired. All of these reasons why we're overwhelmed to head into a new week. So why not give us the gift of settling? Yeah. <laughs> on a Monday morning. Like right. it's so obvious. So I can, and that's why I said in my reel, I gave Trista credit because I couldn't I couldn't take credit for it but I was just like yeah Duh. it's so yeah awkward. right it's a lot of unlearning and relearning it with all of this it yep. truly is yep. but when you take the time to do it it's like life-changing not to be Absolutely. dramatic but it, really, it is no, it really is <laughs> it really 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 is um well for the sake of time we're going to do a quick little rapid fire for fun and okay. then we'll wrap it up. Sounds good. All right. Well, I feel like this answer might be an easy one, but whatever. Um, favorite type of movement currently? Well, I, think, I, <laughs> yes. think I can't even say just like Pilates, but that's like, yeah, I mean – because people know me as a Pilates instructor, we'll say Pilates. Right. Favorite, like, exercise, specific exercise? Um, a side-lying leg series. Mm, into it. Okay. Um, I love the lateral lines of the body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the science in you comes out. I love it. Um, your current or all-time favorite Boston restaurant? Ooh. I know. That's a toughie. Ooh, okay. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to choose, but Boston or Vermont? Vermont. <laughs> you're like, yeah, no, it's an easy choice. <laughs> That's fair. Where in Vermont do you guys normally go? Or uh, just so kind of? My, my sister lives in Woodstock. My parents live in Queechy, so they're 15 minutes away. Oh, from nice. There, so it's just kind of in the in the upper valley <laughs> yes i love it um i used to work in my previous life for cape air i did their marketing oh, okay. yeah so i used to go up to good old rutland every now and then <laughs> that's, where, that's where my brother-in-law is from i love it yeah yeah actually visited quichi when i was up there it's a great little it place. is it really is lovely um something that you could eat every single day of your life um, this is going to sound like really obnoxious, but we had it last night. Um, we make this kale salad that has sweet potatoes, white beans, carrots, onions, feta. And I make like this homemade dressing that it's just, it's so good. And I like to put it in a wrap. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually having those leftovers. The reason right. I you're like, do I have that for lunch right now? Three minutes, <laughs> I'm probably going to have that. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That sounds 
delicious. And I'm going to need you to like post that on your Instagram story or something <laughs> so I can steal the recipe. Um, a non-negotiable in your day. In my everyday? Uh, yeah. Typical okay, day, I guess. obvious answer is going to be snuggles with my puppy river. Yeah. Um, but my weekly non-negotiable, which I got off track, but now I'm back onto it is acupuncture. Oh, into it. Okay. Is there anywhere that you go like in Boston that you'd recommend? Her name's Stephanie Smith at Chi Harmony on Boylston street above the new balance store. She is my queen. (laughs) I love her. I'm going tomorrow at noon and I'm so excited. Oh, lovely. Um, okay. What is next for the range? Or is there anything that you're like looking forward to? Are you in kind of like a maintenance phase? Everybody asks me this question. And again, I said that I wasn't a goal oriented person. What's really interesting is that for me, and we didn't touch on this, but um, range has really become, again, it's a complete extension of me. Yeah. Um, and so people know that I love to travel. They know that I love sustainable fashion, um, interior design. It's become kind of like the, almost like this like uh, immersive brand. And so Things that are immediate are um, more retail, mm-hmm. um, more collaborations with brands that I love and believe in and love to support. I love to support small businesses um, and retreats. So that's, love that. that's definitely um, kind of on the near horizon. But as it comes to the platform itself, one thing that I would love to do within the future is begin to welcome like-minded people onto the platform. For mm-hmm. example, a physical therapist, a yoga instructor, um, more of a maybe traditional strength-based instructor, um, but have it be um, a like a cooperative uh, and a collaboration. Yeah, I love um, that. But keeping it with everybody that's like very like-minded. Um, so that's where I see the platform heading eventually, but in the near future, focusing on its maintenance, on its, on its just people's love of it, um, but then also retail and retreats. Yeah. And you so, just had one of your first retreats recently, right? I did in the beginning of October. So lovely. Yeah, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I'm um, sure and, that's so just And rewarding. that we booked the same weekend for next year. Oh, nice. Yeah, so we have at least another retreat on the books. Yeah. But hoping to have another one for this summer as well. So amazing. I love it. So exciting. Well, okay. Last one. I'm almost always blank. Working. (laughs) (laughs) As a small Um, business owner, that sounds right. I'm almost always, well, thinking about food. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm almost always grateful. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, same. If you're not, I don't know if we're friends, you know? Um, Okay. Tell me about either a book, podcast, article, documentary, anything that either you're currently loving or something that like you always go back to. Oh my God. I know it's, it's tough. Controversial topic of conversation. I am not a podcast person. That's okay. Actually recently I've been actually wanting to, in terms of 
So this is, this is actually a struggle for me. I mm -hmm. feel like all of the books that I'm reading or like online certifications that I'm doing have to be towards my, like the bettering of my, um, like myself in terms of my business. Yeah. Actually, like I, I just ordered a bunch of books that are travel based. Nice. Because I was like, I re I'm really craving a trip that I yeah. can't because we have a puppy. Yeah. Um, but so I'm looking forward to kind of getting lost within some travel related books. I really love that. Yeah. Any one that you're like really excited to read? So my one of my sister's favorite books is Shantaram. Okay. Um, and so I, I finally, I finally bit the bullet and was like, okay, I'm gonna read it. Um, but my probably my favorite book that I've read recently is To Shake the Sleeping Self. Ooh, that okay. Was, um, incredible. Okay, I'll check it out. I love that. I've always been a big reader, so I totally get that. Of like, I am jealous. My sister and my mom are. I am not, and I am working on it because it's something that I really want to. My, I've got a very um curious imagination. My imagination mm -hmm. and my mind just wander. I'm more of my father's daughter in that yep. way. My mom and my sister can sit down and read a book for hours on end. I'd love to be that person, but it's definitely something that like I also struggle with. My sister's very much like that. Like ever since she was little, like her Harry Potter book literally fell apart because she read it so many times. <laughs> like such a bookworm. bookworm. And I can get there, but like, I'm really good. Yeah. I'm like not great at like sitting and also like reading for fun and not doing something that right. is productive, which is, you know, just something that you kind of have to work on. And yeah, but regardless, hype yourself up. Where can everybody find you? Um, well, on Instagram at Cara Duval Pilates, mm -hmm. uh, my website is www.caraduvalpilates.com. And the website's actually a great jumping off place because it has um, kind of trailers and videos of my signature classes. It has my class prop recommendations. If you're planning to get started, it's got um, testimonials from people. Um, and then also right there, you can just go to range, which is my platform right from my website itself. I love that. It's great. Easy peasy. Well, thank you literally so much. This was a lovely conversation for a Monday. Thank you. Well, have a great day and go enjoy your kale salad wrap. <laughs> Live your best life. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Build with Brayback podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brayback and our website, www.buildwithbrayback.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.